Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, Chris Goforth, Knox Bardeen, Caleb Johnson. Braves take a 2-1 series lead with a 2-0 win tonight over the Houston Astros. Five Brave pitchers combined on a two-hitter. Ian Anderson got the start. He went five innings. Did not give up a single hit, and certainly uh, not a run. Travis Darno with a a home run late to give the Braves a little bit of a, a little bit more breathing room. Austin Riley with a big hit early on that drove in a run and then gave Atlanta the one nothing lead. Again, Braves win it two nothing. They take the two one series lead. Game four coming up tomorrow night. Uh, at Truist Park. We'll get to more of your calls, 404-741-0929. If you want to weigh in, welcome those of you that are joining us. And if you want to weigh in on Twitter, you can do that too, at 929thegame. So far, guys, we had Brian call us from San Francisco. Michelle reached out on Twitter. She's in Seattle. And we heard from Greg, who's listening in Buffalo, New York tonight. So we got Braves fans from all over joining us here on uh, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game tonight. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Chris, you talk about the reach of TBS, and I think, I mean, that that's it right there. Just the fact that you could be anywhere around the country and grow up as a kid, you know, watching the Braves and, and becoming a Braves fan, and and then you, you grow up, and, and I've heard even some, some guys that I know uh, that are big time in sports media who uh, Bomani Jones is one over at ESPN that has kind of slowly come back on the, all right, I think I need to get back on this narcotic. Uh, and it's like, look, we'll, we'll take you, you know, bandwagon yeah. fan or not, just, just, right. just jump on for the ride, especially when they get to tune in and watch a guy like Ian Anderson pitch tonight. And Chris, I wanted to throw some stats your way uh, or just some really cool records that were achieved tonight by Ian Anderson. And it feels like there's like a rap sheet that is starting to be built up uh, on him from all the things that he accomplished tonight. But you look at uh, Sarah Lang's tweeted out tonight, longest no-hit bids by rookies in World Series history. First, you've got 1912 World Series Game 1. Jeff, uh, is it Tessero? I've got no idea because it was 1912. He pitched (laughs) five and a third. Uh, And then you've got Ian Anderson right underneath him as the next rookie uh, 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 with him going five innings. Like the fact that that you're you're having to go back to 1912 to reach what Ian Anderson performed tonight is incredible. Then you've got what Jeff Passan tweeted out earlier, which is after tossing five no hit innings. uh, He's the first pitcher since Don Larson's perfect game in 1956 to finish a World Series game with at least five hitless innings. It's just when, when you're going not, you know, you're going 1912, 1956, and I can pretty comfortably say that was before any of us uh, that are talking were born, right? Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. No, I'm not going to offend anybody. Good. 
Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, that just further shows how impressive what Ian Anderson did was. Well, and let's also go back to his entire postseason history. Tonight was his eighth postseason start. Entering the game, he had a 1-4-7 ERA in his first seven starts. And that's they haven't updated the stats with tonight's, but it's going to go down a little bit. I mean, he well, has never gone less than fewer than five innings in any and, one of his seven postseason and starts. And, Knox, this is year two. <laughs> right. Like, this is year two of Ian Anderson. I mean, it's just it's something that I've enjoyed so much talking about the fact of his confidence uh, and poise on the mound is remarkable, and he is etching his name higher and higher and higher upon Braves history. He's already the, what, ranked fifth in Braves history, postseason innings history? I mean, it's crazy in two years. It's just good the Braves have been in the postseason every year he's been around. But yeah. <laughs> I have to pull up that stat, but I saw that one earlier too. This What this guy has done in the postseason is nothing short of magnificent. Ian Anderson tonight, five innings, no hits, no runs, walk three, struck out four. He threw 76 pitches tonight. We'll see if we uh, we see him again in this series. I got a feeling uh, that we're going to see more of Ian Anderson before uh, this series is over. Back to the phones we go, 404-741-0929. Want to hear from you tonight. Let's go to Harrison. Harrison, you're on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Appreciate your patience. Hey, hey guys. Yeah, so um, it was a great game. I watched it with my dad uh, at the stadium. We were there in Atlanta. It was great. Um, the, the couple things I wanted to talk about. The first thing I noticed was um, during the eighth inning when Matic was pitching, the Astros dugout was basically whooping and clapping. And it seemed like they were trying to get in his head every time he threw a ball. They didn't weren't acting like that the rest of the game. I just want to know if you guys thought that was unprofessional or what. Because, you know, it's one thing to clap if, you know, they get a hit or something like that for your team. But sort of to cheer for the pitcher to fail seems a little over the line. Do you use that tactic uh, with your uh, with your softball team that you coach, Knox? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm retired now, so let's just <laughs> – I'm not that smart anymore. Uh, see, Chris, I, I don't know that I'm willing to say that that would be unprofessional – uh, I mean, it honestly, it shows the desperation that they had reached at that point where it was like, look, uh, we know this guy has been dominant, but we know he's had yips in the past. And so I guess they were summoning some form of baseball gods of, you know, maybe they could get to him, uh, but they were unsuccessful in that. Uh, I'm actually, I guess I'm kind of surprised that um, it was loud enough that you could, you could hear it up in the stands. Uh, well, I, I guess with with uh, him out there that the Braves fans are kind of quietened down. Uh, but yeah, like, like I said, it just, it kind of further shows to me the, uh, the, the fact that the Astros were grasping at anything, just trying to get him off of his game. Uh, and, it, and it didn't work. I guess there wasn't a garbage can to bang on. <laughs> yes, there we go. Which Chris, that reminds me guys, did you hear at the beginning of this game, um, Braves fans did what yes. I had been waiting for. They weren't yelling Jeter, were they? No, no they were not. <laughs> that was that was something that I, I think everyone had wondered. Would it actually happen if if the Astros reached a World Series? Would they get some form of of punishment or disrespect? And 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 I thought it was uh, pretty funny, at least in my opinion. And I'm. I'm sure that that some people uh, may have seen that as, you know, uh, um, lack of class or whatever, but I I thought it was great. I don't think anyone had a problem with it. And (laughs) Nick Kale, 
uh, tweeted out. It was funny, too, because they were yelling, cheater, cheater, for the first batter for Altuve. They, they left Brantley alone. They, they skipped him, And yeah. then they went <laughs> at, right at Bregman. So it was a smart showing from the Braves fans, too. That was the thing, is the fact that Braves fans knew who was on the team. That, you know, that it, that and a part of this has been, because I've seen a lot of coverage this week um, with around this World Series where – Guys are going, look, you know, it's in the past and move on and and let's get a a new narrative and topics going. But there's something to the effect that the players themselves were never punished for that. That, look, if you can do anything to, to throw off your opponent, and I wonder how much of an impact it has. I, I know uh, Bregman, I saw him step out of the box and kind of look up and I don't quite know that he was just zoning out. I feel like he was hearing the crowd uh, as, they, as they were rightfully so calling him cheaters. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Chris Goforth, Knox Bardine, Caleb Johnson. Glad to be with you here post-game. After Game 3 of the World Series, Braves take the 2-1 series lead behind a 2-0 victory tonight uh, for the Braves. Your coverage here post-game of uh, Braves baseball is brought to you by the Georgia Department of Public Health. Encourages Braves fans to support the home team. Go Braves. Visit dph.georgia.gov gof forward slash covid hyphen vaccine guys let's get back knox you mentioned it um, very early on here in the first uh, first segment we did uh, about a little bit about the weather tonight any impact on this game from the weather that we saw kind of that light drizzle that just seemed to fall uh, almost through the entire game i i think you can see it in a number of spots tonight first and foremost uh, let's talk about when they were doing when the players were coming out and lining up on the lines. The Braves players were out there in their jerseys, whereas the Houston players were out there in sweatshirts and, and jackets. So right from the start, even before the game started, you saw that there was a difference in how these players were reacting to the cold. Then you talk about, you know, there were a lot of times when we were seeing players run in the outfield, and we'll get to Rosario's play um, late in the game a little bit later, but there was some tentativeness going on in the outfield. Didn't matter much because there weren't a lot of hits um, for the Astros. But you could see it there, too. And I also think we saw Ian Anderson. This might be one of the reasons why Snicker was able to pull him out, is you saw him get loose uh, in the third and the fourth inning, or maybe it's the fourth and the fifth. Um, and I think that was – and I texted Joe Patrick. He's there for us. And it, it, the times where he got really loose is when the time when the rain started. Joe said the rain was off and on for most of the night, but there – when, when he was pitching in that fifth inning was really when the rain was coming down the hardest. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go back to that play that you're talking about in the outfield now, Knox, between when, when the, uh, the start of the eighth inning, fly ball hit into the outfield. You've got Rosario coming in to make the play. You've got Dansby going back to make the play in the ball drops between those two. To me, that should be Rosario's ball in that situation, but you got to call off Dansby, and it looked like he took his eyes off the ball onto Dansby, and the next thing you know, the ball drops for a base hit. Guys, I'm starting to wonder if Dansby Swanson needs to, uh, to, to go to a local doctor and get his hearing checked. Because this seems like it's happened more than once just this postseason where Dansby Swanson you know, goes deep into the outfield and in the past it's been you know nearly uh, some type of, of fumbled play like we saw tonight. Uh, thankfully, so far up until this point, nothing bad had happened. But I, I keep seeing Dansby go deep into the outfield and it's and in the past he's you know I motioned to his ear as far as like well because of the crowd I didn't hear you, I'm just wondering is was Rosario too timid or you know too focused on the play to call the ball if he didn't call it at all or or what happened there? But then I I guess I sort of understand what happened with Rosario pulling up because uh, me and Knox were talking about the fact that that outfield was saturated from all of the rain. And so then you start to worry about, well, I don't want to mess up a knee, a tear, an ACL, anything like that. Uh, and so he pulls up and, and the ball falls down. It, it's one of those things that thankfully, thankfully, th- those discussions can be had tonight and tomorrow heading into this next game that weren't cost-worthy. You can just be like, hey, let's get this communication down better. Look, I don't hate the fact that Dansby Swanson was going after that ball. I want my shortstop to be aggressive. Sure, sure, sure. sure. That said, I want Rosario, and, I, and I'm making this call from here in the Kia Studios, very far <laughs> away from Truist Park. Uh, but I want Rosario to be more forceful to come get that. I want everyone around to know that that's Rosario's ball. Yeah. And for, on TV, he did not look like he really wanted to make that play. That's fair. And yeah. come on, guys. That was a no-hitter. I know it wasn't Ian Anderson out there still throwing the no-hitter, but that was a combined no-hit attempt, and Rosario laid up. I'll make the argument that you don't want one of your, maybe your arguably your best hitter in the postseason laying out and getting hurt or colliding with Swanson and taking out two players, but I want him laying out in that play. I was about to say, well, you saw Kyle Tucker do it in the sixth inning for the Astros to end that inning. That was an incredible That was a heck of a catch. Yeah, and and so, I mean, you you talk about you don't want one of your best hitters. I mean, Kyle Tucker's been, you know, not too shabby for the Astros so far this postseason. Uh, So... Do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, Ian Anderson is going to forever, and, and it's all smiles. They won the game. But he is forever going to wonder if they would have let him go what could have happened. I think Rosario is going to wonder, maybe not forever, but for a long time, what if I'd have laid out for that ball? Would we, would we have combined for a no-hitter? I, I, you know, I don't know. The momentum was with the Braves at that point. 
2-0 Braves win tonight. They take a 2-1 series lead as uh, game four is set for tomorrow uh, at Truist Park. We'll talk a little bit about what is to come. We're going to get into the umpiring tonight. We'll do that here in a few. We'll get to more of your calls as well, 404-741-0929. Want to hear from you. You can also reach us on Twitter, at 929 The Game. Chris Goforth, Knox Bardeen, Caleb Johnson, talking Braves baseball, Sports Radio 929 The Game. In Truist Park. I don't know about the pictures we saw of the battery. The battery <laughs> yeah. looked crazy. Uh, well, and, and I, you're right in that, uh, like, for what fans got to see tonight, you even go back to, because everybody's been referencing the 99 series, uh, they didn't get to experience any wins. So, like, this is something new that they haven't seen since, what, Games, 90? Game six against Cleveland. Yeah, that okay. When they won the series. That was the last win at home for the Braves in the World Series. Yikes. Has it really been? Yeah, that's right. Because was... the Braves coming into this series, Knox, they had lost. They had Well, they had lost eight straight World Series games coming into this series against Houston because the last – Two times the Braves had been in the uh, World Series. They were swept for I was I was just about to say. I, w- I was thinking to myself, I was like, no, 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 96. And I was like, because they, oh, they were in New York. <laughs> yeah. They lost the first yep. two and never saw it again. Oh, yep. man. So, yeah, this is, uh, wow. This is really, and, and to do it on the same night, mm-hmm. like the same exact date 26 years ago, uh, that, that you know, that kind of gives me chills. That's That's wild. All right, guys, thoughts on the umpiring tonight? What I know that was a certainly a, a hot topic tonight on uh, on Braves Twitter. Uh, thoughts on what you saw from uh, behind the plate? Ooh, I think part of it is because uh, this, this entire series and honestly this entire postseason for the Braves, the Braves have been on the – the, the bad side of umpiring for whatever reason. Uh, I like to keep up with the umpire scorecards that come out on Twitter yep. that, that they'll take a look at you know, how fairly it was called and, and which uh, um, which team it helped out the most. Game one was like almost a two-run swing in the Astros' favor, which was wild. Game two wasn't as bad. It was still in the Astros' favor. And then tonight you've got – the uh, the Rosario check swing to kind of get things started. Game. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, Austin Riley was egregiously had two strikes called that were outside. Who was it that saw the ball go right down the middle or a little bit elevated in the strike zone that he called it a ball? Um, I'm, I'm trying on to the pitch inside. That was um, Matic. Yeah. So the Braves got a, are on the bad end of a, a couple of really bad umpire calls. The, the scorecard when it comes out tomorrow won't be as good as the, the previous scorecards for this World Series so far. No, tonight was the night where, look, call it how you're going to call it. Just call it consistently. And that's what we didn't see tonight is, look, if if you're going to call the low strike, call the low strike. That's fine. If you're going to call it a little outside, then, then call it a little outside. Just call it that way every single time. Yeah, and I think that's for, for most of the night, Luis Garcia – he was getting the benefit of those calls. And, I mean, granted, the Braves were also swinging at a ton of that low and away, uh, which is his calling card. Uh, but it, I think it just it adds to the frustration, especially when it's in moments that the Braves could get run-scoring opportunities. 404-741-0929 here on Sports Radio 92.9. The game is Craig still with us. Let's go to Craig. He's up next. Craig. 
You know, it's amazing to hear you three guys together doing your show. I am, I'm excited hearing you on the Odyssey.com app, just being able to hear great guys, loving Braves, talking Braves. So this is really excites me. So um, I wanted to call in just to say I want to give a special shout-out to Snicker. I mean, we roast managers all the time about the calls they made, and trust me, when he went to the bullpen, I'm screaming at the TV trying to figure out what are you doing here. Guy's got a no-hitter going. But he downed all the right buttons today. I was wondering you guys would take, would you have been able to make the calls he made today? I couldn't have pulled Ian Anderson out of that <laughs> game. No chance in the world. And, and I'll, maybe I'm wrong, but like I said, he's, he's going to wonder for the rest of his life what he could have done if he had gotten another inning or another inning. Yeah, I couldn't have pulled him out. Well, Chris, this is something that you and I, uh, along with Joe, had talked about the previous two games, which is – so far in this postseason and in this World Series, I would say the number of mistakes that Brian Snicker has made is minuscule. I mean, this is especially what we saw with Brian posed against Dave Roberts and the the massive, massive mistakes that Dave Roberts made in that series that that ultimately cost them. It's been so refreshing. Uh, to get to kind of poke back at, at a, a buddy of ours here on the station, John Chuckery, who is constantly staying on top of Brian Snicker and, and you know looking at different mistakes that he's made in the past. But so far in this World Series, I can't really name too many things, and tonight was another case of he makes a really tough call that works out in their favor. Yeah, it, look, it would have been tough, I think, to pull Ian Anderson after – after five, I think that would have been really tough for me to have to go there after five. But as uh, somebody on the uh, on uh, the uh, on Twitter at nine two nine the game said earlier, it is it's better to pull him too soon than to leave him in too long. And you know, Caleb, one of the things we talked about the other night after game one is that stat about you know the length of starting pitchers in this postseason. The average starting pitcher is only getting 12 outs getting yeah. <laughs> into the World Series. And, and, again, that's so foreign to me. I mean, I, I you know, I tend to think about guys like, like a, a Ron Guidry who, you know, you give the ball to Guidry in the late 70s and, I mean, he was going to go get you eight, nine innings. You know, Oral Hershiser had that kind of effect with the Dodgers there back in the 80s. Brett Saberhagen with the Royals. And now you're looking at guys that if you can get four innings out of them, that's considered a good start. Look at the Astros. They got, what, nine, 11 outs out of their starter in Garcia tonight? He didn't even make it to 12. He didn't even get to the average that has been in the uh, Major League Baseball postseason so far. Yeah, as soon as he got back to the top of the order, um, after he went through twice, he got pulled instantly. That was going to happen no matter what the situation was. There's no way he was going to go through the Braves order for a third time, and that is just analytics um, at its finest right there. And I feel like we're seeing more of that, Knox, in this postseason, and it's been something that is gradually infiltrated baseball now I guess it goes back to you know Moneyball and and the the A's back in the early 2000s and then you know we we've started to see it creep more and more into baseball this is the first time that I really remember seeing it to this degree maybe it's because the Braves have gone deeper and I'm more invested in it maybe last year and this year than I have been in years past uh but it feels like we're seeing more of that analytical stuff dictate 
what managers are doing now more so than in the past. And look, if there's any two guys in baseball right now that you could look at and say they are old school managers, it would be Snitker and Dusty Baker, right? Absolutely, but you're still seeing them doing a little more analytics in the postseason than you did during the regular season. You're even seeing the Braves run a little more than they did in the regular season. They didn't move much at all. Uh, that said, I think hitters' approaches in the postseason are different too. I think you still saw the shift regular season in hitters, especially guys like Freddie Freeman who could go anyway or, or some of the other guys that were, were spray hitters. They, they try to beat the shift. Well, here in the postseason – you see a lot of guys who are more than willing to just dink the ball down the third baseline or dink the ball. You saw Diaz tonight get a base hit, you know, against the shift or uh, against the Braves. So I, I don't know. I think the postseason is played much differently than the regular season. And even these old school guys are, are getting in the action. Well, and, and I think it speaks to like the fact that these guys are, are doing it shows that, there is there is some proof in the pudding. Like the they're not going to just move to the way of the numbers just because the numbers say so. Say so. There has to be some sort of convincing something that that these guys have seen with their own eyes, which is why you see decisions made like Ian Anderson getting pulled early. You see those shift decisions move, which unfortunately it it feel like the last couple of games, especially, it's negatively impacted the Braves. But as Chris and I and Joe talked about after game two, when it works out well, most of the time fans don't even realize it because it's so quick and you get the out and you're just excited about getting the out and moving on to the next batter. It's just those times like you see tonight in the ninth inning when Will Smith has Alex Bregman, you know, put it right down where uh, where you would expect Dansby to be standing. And instead it, it goes through. Uh, but the numbers clearly speak for themselves, and these guys have enough information that they stand by these decisions they've made, and so far for Brian Snicker, it's worked out. Let's uh, let's head out on the uh, on the WadeFord.com hotline. Uh, Joe Patrick uh, was at Truist Park tonight, uh, and Joe, was uh, he has set through the – uh, the press conferences of Brian Snitker and uh, got a chance to visit with some Braves in the clubhouse tonight. First off, Joe, uh, we talked a little bit about the atmosphere at Truist Park and the battery and just from what we could see on television. You were there tonight. Give us a firsthand account of, of what you saw and the, the electricity in that place tonight. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was incredible. And especially considering the conditions, that was the thing that was kind of on my mind was whether it was kind of going to be the same. And of course, you expect it to be big because it's the World Series and all that. But you never quite know when it's a rainy, nasty evening and the fans were just unbelievable. I mean, um, all the players that spoke afterwards, Bryant Snicker, everybody was talking about how good the atmosphere was here tonight. And uh, it, was just, it was just great to see. It was kind of a shame that the weather was the way it was. But I don't think anybody will be <laughs> unhappy with, you know, the result they got out of it um, and a hell of a performance by by the team. So I think it was just an all-around great night. Everybody enjoyed it, uh, and everybody gets to go home happy. Let's get into the game a little bit, Joe. Was, was Snickers' first question about pulling Ian Anderson? <laughs> I think if it wasn't the first, it may have been the second, but I'm pretty sure it was the first. Um, and he, it was, it was, he had a really kind of funny comment about it, which is the kind of the reason that I love Brian Snicker, which was uh, – you know, a lot of people expect a manager in that situation to say, well, we had, you know, 
X numbers, we, you know, and have it all broken down, all the analytics and all that. And Brian Snicker said, you know, I knew he had thrown a lot of pitches to the top half of their lineup in this game. And I just felt in my gut it was the right thing to do. So it could have backfired, I guess, but uh, <laughs> but it didn't. And that's just the, kind of the way Brian Snicker manages. And I kind of made a quip on Twitter. It's kind of funny that there, there's a baseball website that is very common in analytics called Baseball Savant. I kind of mentioned that, you know, maybe they named that, that website after Brian Snicker. It certainly seemed like he just kind of had the gut reaction and was able to, to make the right call. Joe, I know this is uh, your first World Series getting to cover, uh, which has to be exciting in its own right. Uh, but I just want to kind of get your feel of what you saw out of the crowd tonight. And, and something that we kind of got to joke about earlier was uh, those lovely chants that we heard at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting for me personally because I wasn't in the normal press box, which I am in all year. I was in a different uh, area where the, the kind of encased in glass. So I was a little bit like I couldn't quite hear the crowd as well as I normally would be able to. Uh, so I honestly don't even know <laughs> what that chant is that you're referencing there. Um, but I will say, you know, I, like I had friends that were at the game uh, and we were just like kind of texting all night. And I mean, again, despite the rain and how nasty, how nasty it was, it, it just couldn't have been a better experience, I think, for all these Braves fans. And especially, obviously, when you get a win, you know, that always, that always, makes, it, that always makes it feel a lot better. 92.9 The Games, Joe Patrick, he was in Truist Park tonight. Uh, he has uh, w- was at Brian Snitker's press conference, and he's with us here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game as uh, we break it down here post-game, the Braves 2-0 win over the Astros tonight in Game 3. Joe, any thoughts on the umpiring tonight? Did Snitker have uh, anything to say at all about uh, the way balls and strikes were called? You know, there were so many talking points. Uh, I don't know if that question ever came up, but I, I got to say, I mean, we could just kind of talk about it, guys. I mean, that was pretty that was pretty embarrassing at times. I mean, um, that that one, I forget even who was at the play. Was it Austin Riley who had the, the – or no, no. There was there was a, a pitch that was just right down the middle, essentially, that A.J. Minter threw that was called a ball. <laughs> and I don't know how. Uh, I mean, it was clearly a mistake pitch by A.J. Like, he wouldn't have wanted to have thrown it that, that far down the middle Somehow the, the umpire calls it a ball because it wasn't on the spot that Darno was asking for. Um, it was a little embarrassing, I got to say, and it kind of continues a streak of kind of been that way for a, a lot of this playoffs. At least had the Braves concerned. I was talking to Caleb about it just the other day, and I don't know if you guys have discussed this, but um, you know, it's kind of one of the talking points going around is the fact that you know the Braves have been uh, gotten the raw end of the deal on the poor umpiring in literally every single game that they played this postseason. Every game the run, the, the analytics have shown that, you know, the, the calls that they were to have been made properly 100% of the time, uh, you know, they, it would have gone more in favor of the Braves. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, a, kind of a shame that that happened. And, and tonight seemed to be, you know, one of the worst of it. The Braves got some calls too, of course. Um, but, you know, you just never like to see that kind of thing. We, we saw a fantastic start out of Ian Anderson tonight, Joe. Uh, what did Brian Snicker say about who's going to start tomorrow or maybe even the next day? Well, he did, uh, he did uh, con- kind of confirm that there's going to be an opener, which I would expect uh, you would expect him to say. Um, but he did not know. He was not ready to reveal who that starter is going to be or who that opener is going to be. I think by if – if I'm just like kind of doing my best to, to read in between the lines here, I think by him calling it saying we're going with an opener, I think that that probably means somebody like a Jesse Chavez. I don't think that – he would refer to Kyle Wright as 
an opener or even a Tyler Davidson or Tucker Davidson as an opener. I, I think that, you know, if it were one of those guys, he would have just said that's who they were going to go with or that we were going to go with the starter. So I would expect if, if you had to pin me down on it, I would say Jesse Chavez just because that's a guy they've used in that role. He hasn't thrown uh, more than what a, a one third of an inning so far this series. So I think that he's probably the guy I'm looking at as being the starter. Joe, uh, after we saw uh, tonight, you know, essentially the best of the Braves bullpen coming in and and shutting it down and, and making it look pretty easy, if if not for a, a couple of hits there, um, did did Snick give any indication as to how he will use that part of his bullpen as to whether we would see it in a game four or if he's just going to try to to save things and and use different guys tomorrow. I'm sorry, Caleb, can you repeat that? Which part of the bullpen? Well, tonight we saw uh, essentially like the top of, of the Braves bullpen, seven, eight, and nine, you know, with, right. with Luke the, Jackson the, and, and Matzik and Smith. Yeah. Do you expect we see those same guys out tomorrow, or does Snit try to save them? You know, so this is really funny. And this is, again, something that I, I kind of secretly love about Brian Snicker. Um, <laughs> you know, he said, he said, uh, tonight I'm just trying to win the game. I'm just, I'm just trying to win the game however I can. And, you know, if that involves using every single top reliever that he's got, if that involves pulling Ian Anderson after, you know, five innings or however long he pitches, you know, that's what he's going to do. If whatever he thinks is going to give his team the best chance to win, that's what he's going to do. And he's not really going to get too concerned with what's down the line. And I tend to think that in a World Series, that's probably the right Thing, way to think about it like you just got to get wins when you can get them and I think that by o- trying to overthink things and you know plan to have guys go at certain days and that kind of thing you're just kind of setting yourself up for for disaster I think and it just certainly seems like that's the way Brian Snicker thinks and so and then the other thing Caleb is that you know he hasn't been shy about using these guys literally every single game <laughs> uh, I, I think that AJ Minter may be in a different position considering he might be used for some multiple inning appearances, um, you know, later on down this series. But I just generally think that Brian Snicker, if he sees a chance to win, he's going to put out the guys that he thinks are going to be able to go out there and, and shut down innings for him. And so, obviously, we've seen that um, those pitchers are Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, A.J. Minter, and, of course, Will Smith at the end. Joe, appreciate it, man. Great stuff as always. Uh, we'll look forward to hearing more from you as we go through this World Series. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Sports Radio 92.9 The Games. Joe Patrick, he was uh, in Truist Park tonight. He was uh, covering the game, and I'm sure you'll be hearing a lot more from him. Guys, that's going to do it. We'll do this again tomorrow night after game four, and hopefully we got another uh, we got another Braves win to talk about it. Knox, Caleb, good to see you guys, and looking forward to tomorrow night. Yeah, excited for uh, what's potentially another rainy night in Atlanta, and maybe that's uh, just a, an added luck that will uh, breathe a, bring the Braves some success. We'll get to more of your calls tomorrow night, more of your tweets. Until then, enjoy your Saturday, and go Braves. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.